0: WNAT WNET in New York, Hi, I'm Tom Stewart, and welcome to WNET Up Next, where we take you behind the scenes for a look at what's happening in the world of public media and help you get to know the people who create our programs. Our guest today has had a wide-ranging career in media, from print to broadcast and documentary journalism just to scratch the surface. For WNET and PBS, he developed Blueprint America, a year-long initiative focusing on the nation's crumbling infrastructure. His current project, Chasing the Dream, Poverty and Opportunity in America. It's my great pleasure to welcome Ed Hirsch to WNET Up Next, and it's great to have you
1: here. Hey, thanks, Tom. Nice to be here.
0: Ed, Chasing the Dream, as was Blueprint America, is much more than just a television program or a series and a website. Could you give us the overview of what's truly what we like to call a multi-platform project?
1: Yeah, that's a great buzzword that we love to put in everything. But what it really means is, and you and I actually have talked about this in the hallways at times, and I think most people would agree that the choices we have now in media, the media environment is chaotic. Between your phone, your TV, your computer, your choices from Netflix to Hulu to Amazon to Apple TV, the landscape is incredibly complex and chaotic. So how do you break through with one show? Mm -hmm. You really can't. Right? No it's such like a, thing
0: as appointment viewing in that old-fashioned sense.
1: That's right. They used to call that appointment view. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to circle that on the – pick up the newspaper and circle that or cut it out and put a, stick it on the refrigerator and I'm going to watch it on that night. And how many times I think all of us now go talk to a friend, go to a party, have dinner with somebody and they say, have you seen XYZ mm-hmm. uh, show? Uh, where is that? It's on Netflix. Oh. And you always get this anxiety. There's, there's, a, uh, right. there's a whole hashtag of right. too much TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so in that environment, how do you make an impact with what you think is important programming? You made reference to this project we did a few years ago called Blueprint America. Mm-hmm. And the idea, which was a nascent idea, and where actually WNET is the pioneering station doing this, And we said this to funders as well, that if you really want to make an impact, you have to reach people across all the different platforms, the buzzwords Mm -hmm. they use. None of us now probably use just one thing. We don't just watch TV. We don't just look at our phone. So the whole idea of this multi-platform concept, is the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. All right. That you don't have to choose between doing a documentary, a web series, a report on the News Hour. Do all of them mm-hmm. under a single title, umbrella, brand, if you will. Which in this case is chasing the dream. In this case is chasing the dream. So we first did that with Blueprint America, with infrastructure, and then we took the lessons we learned from that. And actually, it, it started out as a one-year, you mentioned, and it actually became three years. We just kept doing more and more and getting, getting more funding. So the idea of Chasing the Dream was there's so much discussion about jobs and poverty and opportunity. And the idea really started with we were approaching the 50th anniversary of President Johnson announcing a war on poverty. Sure. So initially we said, well, let's do something around that year. Let's use that as an anniversary. And then we said, well, gosh— There's so much more to it than that. It's not just about poverty. It's also about jobs and opportunity and income inequality. So we really worked up a big proposal with, we have very generous funding from the JPB Foundation, from the Ford Foundation. And the idea is that it's ongoing and sustaining. One of the problems with news now, right? We the you watch the evening news or even cable news, cable news now is what I used to say talking heads, they're shouting heads, right? They shout at each other. And that's what that's about. You turn it on and the people yelling at each other. You turn on local news and you know they're covering the fires and murders de jour. So we also felt there was an actual need for this. And interestingly, as the election began to play out, we all started seeing, everyone said, well, where did all this this Trump phenomenon and the Bernie phenomenon come from? It came from, and as we read about now, voters angry about economic opportunity, about jobs, that the recovery, the economic recovery happened and they weren't, Part of it. Yes. And so all of a sudden, the Chasing the Dream initiative on poverty and opportunity is right down the fairway of what's happening of a right tab- now. So we are a little less than two years into this project, and this is the multi platform part. We have produced over 100 reports, some for our local Metro Focus show, some for Long Island Business Report, for the News Hour, for the News Hour weekend, we have coming up a primetime documentary uh, with Tavis Smiley called "Getting Ahead yeah, on the Minimum Wage." Yeah, I'll tell you about that in a minute. And we have web series. We have a website that aggregates all interesting news and reports. We have thousands of Facebook followers who are. Sharing, commenting with whom we communicate every day, we send them notes and stories that are in the news about poverty and opportunity. So we feel like we've really finally figured out this sort of complex web of cover, How to cover this in, in such a in such a broad way? We also set up a system of station grants to other PBS member stations. I wanted to know about those, those
0: partnerships all around the country. Then,
1: yeah. And my hat is off to our fearless leader Neil Shapiro, who's, who, you know, who as a member of the PBS board and as a, as the president of the station, you know, is out talking to other uh, member stations all the time. And he says, you know, all these stations a are interested in subjects like these. Some of them don't have the resources and the production infrastructure that a WNET or WLIW or an NJTD have, and yet they really want to do something. So what we should figure out a way to do is to take some of this funding that we've gotten and help them produce localized content in their area that is relevant to this, and we'll give them some funding. They can use our logo and our graphics, which we've already developed. And when it's done, we'll share it through our website with the world. And we had 10 stations in the first round, they loved it, and they produced everything because in you know, many places the uh, member stations are tied to radio stations. So we had radio pieces that were produced. We had blogs and written material. that We've had local talk shows that were produced. Some people have gone out in the field, and they're terrific. All really have the flavor and the expertise of these member stations. And the great thing is we get to share them with everyone. And it, it has really worked out very well. How long will the project continue? Is it indefinite? The great news is it was a two-year project that sort are of wrapping up around now, and we have just gotten our funding renewed for another two years. So we're pleased that it's going to go on for another two years. With the multi-platform and all of the sources, is it a challenge for you to coordinate all of this, all of the players involved, and how does that work? Well, it's an incredibly collaborative relationship that we have with the executive producers and the senior producing staff of the major programs mm-hmm. they are interested in the subject that's the subject a subject they all want to cover we can help provide resources editorial resources ideas for them so I feel less like the executive producer mm-hmm. than I do uh, an air traffic controller okay. Everyone is doing these things. There are programs going on, Long Island Business Report, all of our local platforms, the web. And they're all with their own teams working on stuff. And we coordinate when it's going to be on our web team you know we all keep our hands in everything we don't control what the news hour does but the news hour knows that when they work with us we can help promote their work mm-hmm. we can yeah. give them ideas so it's a really great collaborative relationship
0: i was very taken with an online multi-part series produced by njtv that i screened yesterday about atlantic city the program is actually called
1: uh, voices from atlantic city What we realized in Atlantic City, Atlantic City is a great microcosm for so many of the things that are operative in the economy, jobs. Atlantic City is an iconic place. It had a boom. It had a bust. It's got people who need to be retrained. It's got poverty. It's got opportunity. It has everything we're talking about. So we thought, and more importantly, it's right in our region, mm-hmm. right? People here know it. It's a national story. So it has, it checks so many of the boxes of subject matter and a story that Chasing the Dream would pursue. So we said, how do we best cover it? Well, our very terrific NJTV nightly news, they do the news of the day and they do it very well. They're in Atlantic City when something big happens. They're in Trenton when something big happens. But they don't have the luxury because they're a daily news operation to actually go and hang out and talk to people. And we said, you know, this would be a great complement with an E to the coverage of NJTV if we could provide this separately. So one of our producers, Lauren Feeney, who's terrific, went to Atlantic City and spent really a year in and out of there just talking to the people most affected by this boom and bust. The head of the casino workers union, some of the people who had worked in the casino as blackjack dealers and chefs, some of the local officials. And what she got was a really unique, we realized this when she came back and we started looking at it, a really unique first-person view of what's going on in Atlantic City. It wasn't the politics or the policy. It was, how does it affect the people on the ground? And we realized we had something kind of unique. So once again, in the world of this multi-platform project, we said, you know what, this would be great. Create a five-part series, put it on the web. When people started looking at it, here at WNET, at NJTV, they said, well, this, this is great. And it's five parts, and they kind of are logically, chronologically organized. We showed it to the PBS NewsHour. PBS NewsHour said, we love this so much, we want to host it on our site, Mm. because we've been talking about Atlantic City and its relation to Donald Trump and the election, and this is a great sidebar to it. So the NewsHour put it on there. Once Bill Moyers saw it and said, This is exactly what I always talk about in terms of jobs and opportunity. Can I host this on my site? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Then we said, you know, this should be on TV as well. And we worked with John Servideo, who runs NJTV, and we're turning it into a half-hour primetime documentary that's going to air on NJTV on October 19th at 8 o'clock. Terrific. Beyond that, World, which is a P- the PBS documentary channel on cable, and, cable uh, and digital, is looking at it, and we're offering it to them to run it. It's also going to air, by the way, in, on WLIW and in December probably on WNET. Sure. So think about how those five parts that you watched – how their life has grown and their reach has expanded. So the Atlantic City project we're very proud of, and it's really unique and terrific and interesting to watch, and I'd suggest everybody watch it because it really gives you an insight into what happened down there from a very personal level. It's not well, a it's lot very, of statistics. It's very, it's very well done. Yeah.
0: If I were at home and I wanted to... Uh, access this on my computer what would the website uh,
1: be for Chasing? Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay, Okay, (laughs) the best way to find all of our content is to go to www.pbs.org slash Chasing the Dream no punctuation. Okay. That, all the Chasing the Dream content can be found there and again, that's another aspect of this what we realized is, hey, if you put all this stuff on all these different platforms, yet you're interested in the subject, you've got to create one place where people can come and find it.
0: And how is the numbers of connections and all of that well, going?
1: To be honest, what we do is we add up the, the clicks, and it's hard to do because it's on so many different websites. We try to add up the clicks from all the different places where people watch it. We, unlike... Uh, cable networks or broadcast networks because there's no advertising involved. We are completely agnostic about where you watch it. We Mm -hmm. don't care where you watch it. If you want to watch it on your phone, if you want to watch it on your friend's computer, if somebody bootlegs a copy and gives it to you, terrific. Yeah. We just want to make sure you see to it. get it out there. So we've been really gratified. The place that we've been most gratified with is we, and we invite you to like us on Facebook because whenever we have new content on any of these shows, we let our audience know and our friends Facebook. I'm sure the response Facebook. has been
0: phenomenal.
1: It's amazing. And the comments have been amazing and people are engaging with it. And as the I sort of, as I said, the air traffic controller. The thing that's most gratifying is in the beginning, we go to these, you know, hard charging, hard bitten producers who are trying to get their shows on each week and each day and say, hey, how about a piece about poverty? And, you know, the initial reaction is, you know, eye roll, you know, great, here we go. But then when they see the quality of the product, they see how we work together, they see how this helps their programs. I'm thrilled that a year and a half or so into this, these programs are coming to us and saying, hey, we have, you know, we'd really like to do something on the Rust Belt. We'd really like to do something about uh, rural voters. We'd really like to do something about chronic homelessness. What do you think? How... Do you know anyone? Do you have any experts? Can you give us any help in doing that? And that is the most gratifying thing. You know, I feel like when that... Every time I get one of those emails or those calls from within the PBS system, it makes my day.
0: That's great. I wanted to ask you about a couple of documentaries that are coming up very soon. One with Tavis Smiley. It's called Getting Ahead, I believe.
1: Tavis Smiley, who we all know, who obviously has a tremendous presence in radio, has his own talk show on TBS. The war on poverty and fighting poverty has been a real passion for him for years. And we knew that. I mean, he's spoken about it. So when the Chasing the Dream initiative came up, we said, Oh, you know, this is great. He's terrific and passionate and known to the PBS audience. Instead of totally inventing the wheel from scratch, let's give him a call. Mm-hmm. And he said, are you kidding? I'd love to do this. Let's figure out how to do it together. And he said one of the most interesting things going on out, he's in California. California was the first state to raise the minimum wage statewide, I think, to 15. So with so much of that as a backdrop now for conversations going on about other states, why not take California and use that as a microcosm for the rest of the country. So he and a team went around Northern California and really looked at the impact on small business. And, you know, he's so personable and, you know, easy to talk to. So he essentially went out and just talked to people. So he got some really great sort of up-close and personal views on how this affects businesses and wage earners. And he's put that into a one-hour documentary that's gonna air on October 7th at 9 o'clock. And following that- It's amazing, uh, another
0: uh, Chasing the Dream effort, a film by Roger Weisberg called Dream On. Can you talk about that one? Yeah,
1: so Roger, again, another independent filmmaker who has produced a lot of stuff in the area of jobs and opportunity he somehow met John Fugelsang mm-hmm. a very pointed smart comic, comic yeah. but, but who talks a lot about you know current events and things like that he had always had this idea of retracing Tocqueville's trip around the U.S., you know, that famous... the famous mm-hmm. Democracy. Uh, democracy by... Alexis Tocque, de Duc- a, a, Duc- a, a Alexis de Tocqueville. And trying to retrace that, to try to find out, is the American dream still alive? You know, Tocqueville wrote about this idea of things that were uniquely American and that American can-do spirit. And with the recession, and some people not bouncing back from the recession, sort of disaffection in 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 the country. His idea was to go around and just listen to people. And he teamed up with Roger. And they have a very compelling, funny at times, but also quite touching documentary, an economic road trip, if you will. Okay. So the idea that there's a, we have sort of a double feature from Chasing uh, the Dream, dream on October, uh, October 7th. And they're both very different. Uh, But I think they both will have impact.
0: Ed, you've had a wonderful career in all areas, which we just alluded to when you were introduced. What distinguishes working in, in
1: public media from commercial television and the cable world? That's a really good question. I think that commercial television, cable and broadcast, they are sort of traditional businesses. They're not contrary to how they are portrayed sometimes. I don't think that I've never worked anywhere where someone has tried to influence the content to help an advertiser or to, you know, silence a great story. But they are in the audience business. And they live and die by ratings. They have to. And even though they sometimes will tithe certain times and certain programs in the public interest, and I think they all do. Every cable channel, every broadcast network, they're not so venal that saying, you know, how how do you get the ratings up of this? But overall, they are very focused on their own platform, because that's how they make money. And they are very possessive about those. Sure. Because that's the only way they make money, if a program on a cable channel is put on the web for free, the cable channel can't make any money from that. If a program on A B C or NBC or C B S just comes to you free without commercials and also doesn't get ratings when it's on TV, it doesn't really have a future. What I think is amazing about public media is this notion of community impact. The notion that, as we said, nobody really cares how you watch our program and if, you know, that buzzword of business how it's monetized they just want you to watch it yeah and i think that that's what's so exciting what's your greatest satisfaction about this work personally i think the greatest satisfaction for me is when i can go to my computer or turn on my tv and see that chasing the dream logo in 53 different places Knowing that we have had an impact and our reporting is being seen in all these places. The more, the merrier. When I see that, that's when I say, you know, I can go home early now. <laughs>
0: and I know one of your other hats is also as a teacher. What advice do you give for uh, young people who want to pursue careers? in
1: Yeah, I'm on the graduate faculty at the Newhouse School at Syracuse. And what I think is that the big advice I always give is to be flexible. That you know, I used to say when I worked in cable that people would say to me, well, what, you know, what's your career path or how did you decide what to do? I said, when I was in graduate school, cable didn't exist. The networks I worked at didn't exist. And now I'm, I am was a senior executive and now a consultant to those places. So what you have to be is flexible is to know what you're good at and try to be flexible and look for where the opportunities are, not, you know, Tom, you and I are of a certain age and many people are. And it's easy to be like, a grumpy old guy in the media. <laughs> it is. It's, and we've heard them. You've seen them on talk shows, right? And they all say, oh, you know, things aren't as good as they used to be. Good and old da, 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 days. The good old days. Well, you know, as one of my friends says, you know, the good old days are filled with flash frames. <laughs> that, in fact, the media, we can't bemoan it. The media has changed. So how do you contribute? How do you do great work? How do you find where the opportunities are to do great work? And in this changing environment, that's the most, to me, the, the key thing. Well,
0: Ed, it's wonderful to talk with you. I wish we had all day to do more. And all the best with Chasing the Dream, Poverty and Opportunity in America.
1: And thank you. And it's great to be here. And now that we know about this great podcast, we'll be coming back to tout more of our programs. Sounds good. Can't (laughs) wait.
0: And for you, please check your local schedule for the broadcasts of Dream On and Getting Ahead. I believe it's coming up October
1: 7th. And, hey, don't forget www.pbs.org slash Chasing the Dream.
0: And thank you for listening. Be with us again soon for another edition of WNET Up Next and please share your questions and comments with us at upnext at wnet.org and please do become a subscriber. WNET Up Next is presented by the Design and On-Air Promotion Department of WNET New York. I'm Tom Stewart.